A reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, in their thirst for water, the people grumbled against Moses, saying, Why did you ever make us leave Egypt? Was it just to have us die here of thirst with our children and our livestock? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? A little more and they will stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go over there in front of the people, along with some of the elders of Israel, holding in your hand as you go the staff with which you struck the river. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock in Horeb. Strike the rock and the water will flow from it for the people to drink. This Moses did in the presence of the elders of Israel. The place was called Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled there and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord in our midst or not? The word of the Lord. from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. 
And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For Christ, while we were still helpless, died at the appointed time for the ungodly. Indeed, only with difficulty does one die for a just person, though perhaps for a good person one might even find courage to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Lord, you living water that I may never thirst. Brothers and sisters, may our Lord be with you. <clears throat> with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Shikar, near the plot of land that Joseph had given to his son, that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food, and the Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who is saying to you, Give me a drink? You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? And Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. <laughs> the woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You're right in saying I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, 
And the one you are with now is not your husband. What you say is true. The woman said to her, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is here in in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we do understand, because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to her, said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he who is speaking with you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come and see the man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out in town and came to him. And meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Now many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the the woman who testified. He told me everything that I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. Morning, Father. And how are you? (laughs) Today... I'm not going to preach on the gospel. I'm going to preach on the second reading. But here it talks about the importance to persevere. Now, the woman could have got real mad at Jesus because he went and told her her sins. Now, a lot of us would just walk out and say, I don't have to put up with this. But she did. And she got everlasting life, the spirit of the living God, the water which never ends. And she brought other people to Christ, huh? Simply last night, you know, I was walking in to say Mass, and as I'm walking in, a couple came up and says, Father, we're having issues. We're not from the area. And I says, you can't get me right now. Stay for Mass. After Mass, I'll take care of you. Okay, and they went over there and stayed for Mass. Then I start preaching. And, you know, I can get a little animated when I preach. And as I was getting animated, (laughs) the couple got right up and walked right out the door. Now, the thing was, is the Lord had already convicted me before I start reading or preaching to give that couple $100. 
because someone gave me $100, I was going to give it to them. But they didn't stay, and they missed it. Sometimes we must persevere and listen to things we don't want to hear so that we can receive the gift that God wants to give us. It's not about feeling good. It's about trusting in the Lord. So here we go, and this is when we spend time now with this second reading. Now, in the second reading here, just the first letter, I want us to spend time with three things. Faith, peace, and boast. Faith, peace, and boast. Huh? Weird combination. But here in the first, and this is the fifth chapter of uh, Romans, and I encourage you to read this again and again until you get it. He says, God says, through the apostle Paul, we, we have been justified by faith. And we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first thing i got to ask you and I is, do you really believe that you're justified by faith? Or do you really believe that you're justified by what you do or don't do? Huh? Because this is a humongous reality. Nowhere here does Jesus say, now, because of what you have done or not done, you will be justified. He doesn't say that through his apostle Paul. He tells us that we're justified by faith and we now have peace with God the Father. So, these are very important. So I want you to really think about this and meditate on this all week. Do you believe that you are justified by what Jesus Christ did for you? Too often we see faith as just something that, oh yes, I believe everything the church teaches, which is important, of course. But what the church teaches through Paul, and that's the Holy Spirit, is we're justified by faith. And you can tell whether you're justified by faith, whether you and I believe it, because we have peace in God. Why do we have peace in God? Because of what Jesus did, but the way we do that. So we're justified truly by grace, by what God did for us and all we do for him. But we receive that through faith and works. Our works prove our faith. But we need to realize, that, and I got to believe that it's what Jesus does for me, not what I do for him. As I've said a million times, and most of you let it go in one ear and out the other. It's what Jesus Christ has done for me. So, what this means is I have peace. Why? Because, remember in the gospel, I said it strongly. Jesus said his food was to do what? The will of God. Again, we have one purpose in our life, to do the will of God. Period. Not to have God do your will and bless you and give you everything that you want from God. That's not the purpose of your life. That's not the purpose of my life. Our purpose is to do God's holy will, period. And when you and I are doing God's will, the way we know that is because we have peace. Huh? We have peace in our heart because of what Jesus did. So we're not constantly focused on ourselves and what we do or what we don't do. We're not focused every moment of, you know, God of the universe, if I do this, God's going to damn me to hell forever. Think about if you were a father, you had a father like that, that, you know, usually you're half decent, but you're always looking over your shoulder to see your father, and if your father's going to beat you to death. That would be an awful, awful father. It would be someone who is abusive. And yet, many of us think that's who God is. He's always watching us. 
And as he's watching us, he's waking up, watch, waiting for us to do one mortal sin. And, ah, now I got you to damn you to hell forever. <laughs> that would be an abuse of God, but that's who some of you believe God is. You believe that with all your heart. And because of that, you're always focused on yourself instead of being focused on being grateful for what Jesus Christ did for you. Again, as I ask you every week, and as I'll talk about it, I'll be in Sherman, Texas this week doing a parish mission. So the first night when I talk to them, you know, we're, which what Jesus does for us, not what we do for him. He died for us. He paid the penalty for our sins, and we got to be grateful. And so I tell them this, and they're like, for the first time hearing this sometime, and they're going, is this guy Catholic? I don't know. It sounds Protestant to me. This is the teaching of the Holy Roman Catholic Church. We're saved by grace. It's what Christ did for us. Unless you're a Pelagian and you believe that you have to work, that you sit there and earn salvation, Pelagianist, heretic, heretic, heretic. But again, so we got to have peace there. And by having this peace, it's because I'm not always focused on myself. I'm always focused on Jesus. So when the priest or someone else asks you while you're walking, still only about, I said 25% last night because that's the 515, 415. But about 50% of this people do it, but 50% do not. Someone comes up to you in the hospital or the store or walking or at work and they say, how are you today? The answer is blessed. Why? Because you're pointing to God. It's not about you. Oh, no, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a good day. Oh, this is good. Let me tell you what I do for Jesus. You point to God. I am blessed. Why? Because he died for me. He paid the penalty for my sin. I don't have to be living in fear every moment of every day. I can be living in peace when I start focusing on what God has done for me and not on what I've done for God. And that goes down here, so it continues. We have peace. We have peace. We have peace with God. Now, now, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because of what Jesus did. Though through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace, we're saved by grace, in which we stand. And then he says, and we boast in this hope of the glory of God. Now, we're always taught not to boast, huh? Now, if you boast about the things you do for God, then that's a problem. If you and I boast of what God has done for us, can we boast about that? Yes, the Word of God tells us. So, when someone comes to you and they says, how are you? And you say, I am blessed. You are boasting on what God has done for you. And you can tell them that. Oh, I'm having, you know, and I'm not talking about this. I'm too blessed to be stressed, please. We can be blessed, but still stressed, correct? I can be that way. But again, we got to have this peace. So God's calling us to peace. And the way we are in peace is when I'm doing God's will, correct? It's when God's will and my will become one, I am at peace. When I lose my peace, it's either because I'm in mortal sin or because I'm not doing God's will. Jesus still died for me. That's why I go to confession and confess this. But I'm not always worried about my salvation. Because if you're always worried about your salvation, who are you thinking about 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Yourself. And that's not God's will for us. God wants us to forget about ourselves so we can give our lives for other people, so we can love other people, so we can get out of our stuff. 
And that only happens when you and I have faith. So the first question I want you to really think about is do I believe it's what Jesus Christ did for me? Do I have faith in what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross? Or am I always thinking it's only about me and what I do for Jesus? Because that's heresy. So you've got to really ask of your heart. Don't, again, I don't want you to listen to me. Because people get tired of listening to me. I get it. But I do want you to listen to Jesus. So I want you to spend time, all of you, whether you're watching, whether you're here. You spend time on this second reading. And you spend time with it in prayer. And you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what this means. And to give you just a little bit deeper hint, the way it ends is, but God proves his love for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This all has to do about Jesus. So let's focus on what Jesus has done. And when we focus on that, we're going to have grateful hearts. So when people look at us, we're going to have a smile on our face because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Not walking around like half of you do as I look out at this congregation this very moment. Half of you look, oh, the things that I do for Jesus. Stop it. Be grateful for what Jesus has done for you. You got it? You get it? You're going to live it? May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.